Welcome back to the NY Patriot Show. Thank you very much for tuning in again. Uh, if this is your first time coming across this channel, that's what's up. Thank you for hitting that play button. Uh, I highly suggest you check out some of the other guests I've had on. Um, I've had this guest on plenty of times as well, and he has always uh, brought amazing stuff to the show. But I highly suggest to go check out all the other stuff. If you enjoy this, I'm sure you will love the other guests that I've had on and even some of my own content I put out. If you're a returning guest or a listener... Thank you very much, guest, if you're a returning listener. If you're, I think I did that last time and I had edited it out. If you're a returning listener, thanks again. You know what's up. Just hit that share button. I'm not asking for money. There's no paywall. All I want you to do is just share this stuff. So uh, that's all you got to do when I'm done with that spiel. So today, <laughs> today I got co-hosting with me, uh, you know, almost as usual. Practically a permanent co-host now. I have... Uh, my co-host on the Spiritual Gangsters, <laughs> Teresa, joining me co-hosting today on the MY Patriot Show. You want to say what's up to everybody, Teresa? What is up? Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. And uh, the Spiritual Gangsters, her show that I co-host with her, the uh, link for that is in the bottom as well with everything else that I have. Um, and also, real quick, I did want to mention before... We introduced Raven. Um, and I didn't even want to have to do this because I wasn't trying to get into, like, drama or bullshit. Um, unfortunately, I have chosen to go my own way when it comes to the occult rejects. Um, I just found, I guess I was just on. I wanted to go on on my own. Um, and unfortunately, I mean, you know, that's, of course, that probably bothered Lux to an extent. Um, I had told him that we still had StreamYard and we still had Spreaker paid for the next year, so continue using it, keep doing your own show, I'm not taking that away from you, blah, blah, blah. I uh, still tried to be nice, it wasn't name-calling, wasn't an argument, just decided I wanted to go my own way. Um, things seemed fine, and then about three or four days later, uh, my email uh, for the Occult Rejects is now done. I can't get into it. And the Twitter account is now, uh, password is changed and locked, and I cannot get into Twitter. That Twitter account is done then. I can't use it. Anything posted on there is not going to be whatever the Occult Rejects. Our lives will not be going there anymore. There is a new Twitter account that will have the lives, and it will be me for the Occult Rejects and Friends. That is in the bottom. Um, and the only reason I even wanted to bring this up, and I'm just letting people know, don't hit me up on that uh, account and thinking you're talking to me. I've had two people this morning already telling me that they've been friended back and messaged, and it seems like as if it's me. It's not. If you contact that account in the last week, and you thought you were talking to me, you haven't been. And this is the main reason why I'm even bringing it up now. I didn't want to have to get into it or play some silly child games. But if that's happening, I have to say something now. If you're being contacted and anything screwed up has been said to you, it is not me. And you can even go on there and see the last time anything was posted. It's been days. So do not answer that person back if you think you're talking to me. And if they got a follow, if you got a follow back and you got a message, it's not me. Follow the other Occult Rejects account if you want to get in touch with me. If you want to catch the lives, not saying to stop following the other one. It's just that's not our account. 
It's just an account that will be sitting there because Lux changed the password. I'm done with all that. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Sorry, I even had to bring that stuff up. I wasn't even going to get into this. I was just going to act like you know nothing ever happened. But at this point now, if people are getting followed back and messaged, I just have to let people know it is not me. Um, and if you want to catch the lives, check out the other account. Links are in the bottom. Okay. Now, after all that is done and over with, sorry again. Uh, today, thankfully, to cheer us up and to change the whole mood now of where I've gone with this, we have Raven <laughs> on. <laughs> hey. Yes. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I favor everybody. What's <laughs> going on, brother? I'm glad you could uh, make it on today. And this... This is even a topic that probably was what planned over a month ago, and I think uh, I actually well, got we had to, I got COVID. We actually had to cancel one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I actually well, whatever you want to call it, I tested positive for COVID. Whatever the fuck it was, I was actually pretty pretty shitty for about ten days, and uh, I had to cancel with you. And then I think because of the holidays and everything else, of me trying to cram stuff in, it just wasn't going to work too well. So uh, here we are, finally having you on to talk about. I mean, there's so many different ways we can go about it, but to talk about what is magic, uh, according to Raven. So, <laughs> hey, <you> I, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Well, <laughs> it's just honest. Uh, it's what is magic according to you, and I think that's great. I'd love to hear your take about it, and I'm sure we could all have an interesting discussion about this. Well, you know, uh, I get into trouble a lot of times with my podcast because I always go back to Crowley's definition of magic. And Crowley always, you know, he, he wrote it out for everybody to read. Magic is using art and science to influence somebody or to bend something to your will. Now, that could be a person. It could be your environment. Um, and everybody says, well, you know, Crowley said this. Crowley said this. But, you, no, you can go back in Herodotus. And I never say it the way everybody else does. But um, Herodotus, he, uh, in his uh, historical writings, he talks about the Magi of Persia. And you know what their definition of magic was to use science and art to bend people to your will or to bend the environment to your will. Mm. Um, so Crowley, Crowley got it from an older source. It wasn't just him saying it, but now when you think about magic, uh, we've talked about this numerous times. Uh, we talked about it the other day on, on, uh, the, uh, other podcast, uh, good Lord, that's been a month. <laughs> um, just using the equipment that we do right now mm. with the three of us oh, sitting here and talking. Yes. Um, this is magic. If we influence one person, if we influence one person or change their mind or, or get them thinking in a different way, um, we are using the art of speech and the science, the technology, and we have bent somebody to our will, whether we intended to or not. Um, you know, it's funny you mentioned that, Raven, and this just this morning I actually ripped it. It was like an old maybe 10-minute black-and-white video that I had found. Um, it was like showing how soundtracks get added to movies. You know, and this is old, and it's showing you like how like your voice goes out, the microphone picks it up, it goes through all these wires, gets changed into this, 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 and this, and this, showing all this conversion and all this silly stuff. And I was like, yo, I need to actually use some of this and be like, this is magic right here. Because mm -hmm. I do believe even well, the way know, this equipment works right now is magic. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is. You know, they're con they're, it's converting my voice to a digital and electronic sim signal. Yes. And then wherever somebody is listening to me, it is reconverting that electronic signature back to a voice that they can hear. 
Um, you know, if that's not magic, I don't know what is because they could be anywhere in the world right now and, and hearing us. You know, I was um, I was telling and, Ghost a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I think he honestly just thought I was a little nutty, but I was like, you know, if you really think about it, when it comes down to podcasting, I said, well, a lot of people, when they're like kind of listening to podcasts, just, just from who I know, people I know who listen to podcasts, you're normally doing it kind of like you got your headphones in, you're doing stuff throughout the day, whatever. I was like, do you realize, like, would you ever have thought that 20 years ago, somebody would have been like, people actually click a button to make your voice inside their head? Like, oh, like yeah. literally, people I mean, are asking it's, it's to listen to voices in their head. And, and, I, and I've become one of those voices. That's actually weird, if you think about it. <laughs> yes, it is kind of, it is, isn't it? Um, you know, it's really funny because there, there are people around the world right now who have never seen me and know what I sound like. And, and you know, it, it, that's magic in and of itself, right? Yes. But uh, the most important thing to think about with magic is is the basic definition. It goes all the way back to Persia. And probably further back than that is is it's using art and science together to influence somebody. Now, one of the best examples I've ever made is is uh, the old statues that bleed. Um, it's an old trick. It's not just a Catholic church. But what they do is they've got two different kinds of stone. They've made this beautiful sculpture, right? Well, that's the artistic part of it. But the science part of it is the two different kinds of stone that they use. Um, everybody goes, oh, that's a solid uh, porcelain or that's a solid marble. No, it's not. It's coated. The inside of it is porous. So what they do is they can pour the liquid in the back, and they know about how long it's going to take for it to wick up through the statue and bleed or, or you know, some of them they use milk. Um, but that is art and science used to influence the people who come to those places to see the statue bleed. Mm. Now, how's that for creepy? <laughs> That's super creepy. I have no idea about that. Uh, you know, something I hate to go back and something that you said, but you even attributed how like something that Crowley had said was like just reworded. He grabbed it from somewhere else and reused it. Even his, the, the thelemic, uh, even that symbol. Oh, fuck. oh yeah. That's, he didn't draw that. He didn't draw that. So he took that from somewhere else. Somebody else drew that. He did not come up with that. Yeah. You know, most of the rituals, I mean, that's like another thing, too. People are like, oh, he did the ritual of the pentagram and no key magic, all this and that. No, except for thelemic-based rituals, which is only a handful that's in the OTO. Mm -hmm. Everything else he did not create. He didn't do lesser banishing oh, yeah. ritual, the pentagram, the hexagram. He didn't do the greater ritual. He didn't make the Enochian tablets. He didn't do all that no. stuff. He just used it from nope. somewhere else. So people, well, and, you know, that's a good other, point to part. The other advantage of the time, the time that people don't understand the time that, that Crowley came up in, the population was almost, you know, like the population of the United States was only like a hundred million at the time. And the population in Europe was not that large either. So when, to see these people interacting, they don't understand the difference in the ages between 1900 and today. Um, that's a good point too. So these people that we see interacting and how did they come together and how did they meet? Well, if you were somebody who was into the occult and the esoteric, there's a very small population anyway. And then you have an even smaller population within that's studying these things. So of course they're going to come up, come across each other at libraries or, or meetings or, or whatever. So that's how these people came together back in the late 1800s and the 1900s, early 1900s, because the population wasn't what we see today. Um, it wasn't like today where I can probably go right downtown here and find somebody who's doing something occult. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but the, the thing about the magic is, is it's 
it's around us all the time. And that's where people miss out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I did a whole series of podcasts on different kinds of magic and, and I actually broke down and talked about blood and sex magic too, because you know, they started showing this stuff on TV and I thought, man, people need to understand what this is. Um, the very basic magic, the one that's around us all the time is language. Language itself can be used as magic. You know, uh, they call it neuro linguistic programming for a reason. Um, I think Teresa's having trouble trouble with her programming signal again. No, I'm good. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're good. I can see fine. Yeah. (laughs) There you are. Hello. (laughs) But you know, neuro linguistic programming in the simple, in the simplest terms, neuro linguistic programming was named what it, what it is for a reason, because language is very, very powerful. Um, you know, we spell things out. Spelling. <laughs> um, Spelling, yeah. When we speak, when we speak, we use language to cast spells or we write them out, however we're going to do it. But neurolinguistic program is a very interesting, um, because if you say things in the right order, a very, very good example is, is, is the old sales pitch. And I bet, I bet Teresa knows this one mm. <laughs> or she started, um, somebody calls you in your customer service. You say, you know, I understand how you feel. And all of a sudden you've, you've created a connection with somebody and then you say, you know, I felt that way too. So now they, they understand you've been there. And then the, the next thing that you say is found, well, you know, I found that if we do this, it fixes the problem. So it's called feel felt found. And it's a basic premise of, of neuro linguistic programming in customer service. Um, they don't teach them all the tricks, but that's one of the tricks because first you create a, uh, uh, a relationship with, with sympathy. And then you create a, a reverse sympathy. They're sympathetic to you. And then you, then you present them with a the solution by doing that. They're more receptive. <laughs> you know, it's funny. And I, I hate that I'm cracking up right now. And I, it's, and I'll even admit, I, I, I just, I do watch the dude almost religiously. So I'm, I guess I'm only like half shitting on him, but like, honestly, this totally sounds like, and I've said it multiple times before, Whatever, the dude's really good at it, and neuro-linguistic programming, this is the same shit that Tim Pool fucking sells to people. You and Tim Pool. Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, Not trying to trash Tim Pool, but I mean, you know, he's a master at fucking, in my opinion, neuro-linguistic programming, and Raven just kind of nailed exactly how he sells his shit. Well, what he describes, what Raven, what you just described makes me think of, like, my days in retail. Like... I can just see it now, like in this like lady store I used to work in and you're like, Oh yeah, I like this too. Or, Oh yeah. I like these jeans never looked oh, good yeah. on me. Try these ones. And then it's like, Oh yeah, here's yeah. the solution. Right. It's just including <laughs> yourself. Including- I'm just laughing too. Cause this one store I worked at, we'd always try to like upsell <laughs> stuff, like adding a belt. And then it would always be like oh, yeah. just adding an extra belt that like is not necessary whatsoever, but just, <laughs> just using something like that oh, to yeah. kind of make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and, and neuro linguistic programming goes, goes into a lot of different things. I mean, if you look at the people on, on the media, um, neuro linguistic programming is an absolute necessity. Now let me go back to the magic that I use neuro linguistic programming for when I'm doing comedy, my, if you cannot relate to me, then I'm dead on stage. (laughs) So I always, 
So, so I come out and, and let me find a good example. Have you guys ever ate anything? I, I, this is for you two and anybody listening to us. Have you guys ever ate anything and it, like five, ten minutes later, your stomach just starts going. Yeah. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, sure. I'm Italian, of course. Well, you should have seen you should have seen it when it happened to me. I, I went out to eat at this restaurant I'd never ate at before, and and about ten minutes later, I'm coming out and I'm getting ready to go do a show, and all of a sudden my stomach starts going. Bah. Have you ever had to go on stage in front of 500 people with your stomach making more noise than you are? <laughs> See? Um, Gotta hope the mic don't pick that up. Yeah, you, know, you get out there on stage and you're and you're afraid that you're gonna burp or fart one of the two, and it's gonna be picked up on the mic. <laughs> See, might get See? people laughing. You're using it on us right now, Raven. Stop. <laughs> I know what he's doing. But but I mean that's really how your your best comedians. Your best comedians are masters of neuro-linguistic neuro programming. Why? Because they can make that connection to people immediately. And if you don't, you're done. You know, that's why. I've, um, I've, so I I've work even, magic every time I do, every time I've been on stage. I've even said that before, Raven, and it, not even like, or not saying that it's you, like, or in a negative way. But I have said, uh, there's even a, a, there's a, a listener, somebody that, it's wild as shit, somebody I actually met in the OTO <laughs> Wasn't a member, uh, only came there a couple of times just to check out a few classes, but it was somebody that me and my friend, we went up to her and her boyfriend at least introduced ourselves and I think spoke for a few minutes. And I actually sent her, I think, like a tarot book. And somehow she remembered me. Mm -hmm. She ended up following the occult rejects and hitting me up. But um, I was like, yo, I actually remember you from the lodge. And I was like, holy shit. And she's like, oh, you know, whatever. But it was like, it was really wild. And and she's a comedian herself, too. She does do stand-up comedy. And she has even said to me mm -hmm. as well, she said there's a lot of magic used in that. She's like, a lot of comedians are actually into that stuff. And I've said it myself plenty of times. And I'm not trying to point the finger at anybody. But if somebody can get you to laugh... Like a true felt laugh, or somebody's a comedian to you, you cannot sleep on they that motherfucker. You. Do not sleep yep. on that person. Yep, if they can make you laugh, <laughs> they've got you. you know? Oh, for real. Mm -hmm. It's true, though. Yeah. yeah. You it have already dropped you know, your guard do... and felt comfortable in front of that person. Well, and you know that's the whole trick to doing comedy. Your best comedians are are masters of, of neuro linguistic programming, which is magic in um, itself. <laughs> which is magic in and of itself, and it, and it's used on us all the time. You know, I was just trying to give a really good example because uh, people good. don't understand how it works. You know, mm -hmm. they just don't. Now, when you take neuro linguistic programming to the next step in propaganda, you know, propaganda and advertising, same thing. If people don't understand that those are exactly the same thing, then they need to study Bernays. Yes. Edward Bernays. Um, the book is propaganda. It's not very long, and it's something that everybody should read today. But uh, you take the neurolinguistic programming, and then you put it together with marketing, which is propaganda. Um, they use color. Color. If I said red and black. Coke. That's that's a, a, race, a sports car for most people, right? A sports car? Uh, which one? I, I probably Ferrari? Coke. Yeah. You know, um, if, if, if I said red red and black, most people would think of a sports car or, or you know, they might think of Elon Musk here lately. I thought of Coke. That's true, yeah. <laughs> right yeah. away. I was like, Coke. <laughs> yeah, so did I, actually. Well, the, you know, the Coca-Cola, that's red and white. Um, yeah, I'm thinking of the trim. liquid being black. But yeah. see, it, it, that's power. Yeah, absolutely. Or not purple. There's another color. 
You know, per, when oh, you see purple, purple that's automatically uh, royalty or regal, mm-hmm. yes. right? Um, silver and gold, that's wealth in the mm-hmm. color. Um, if, if it now, if it sparkles, you know, like some of them gals were the, the sequins. Now, now that's, I, I am not only wealthy, but I've got some power too, right? Um, or self-confidence, you know, I'm, I'm above you if I'm sparkly. Um, and these are all magics that are used in advertising. When you go into your grocery store, the color of your product, the color of the walls, the way the store is laid out is a magical th- formula. Um, they know exactly where to put stuff. They know what color to, to design it to draw your eyes to it. And that is marketing magic. They use it on you every day. Yes, sir. <laughs> Visual merchandising. Um, you know, oh, green and green, uh, you know, if you want something that's clean, go, go to the cleaning aisle and almost everything is white and blue or white and green. Why? Because those are your two clean colors. White is clean and the sky is blue or the trees, you know, being outside in nature, it's green. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a form of magic that's used all the time and people don't think about it. Yeah. I, I had even <laughs> did, uh, you know, I worked for a company where they did like uh, mailing, like advertisements and stuff. And, uh, you know, I had mentioned before, I, I only did the black and white department. It was, it was basically like I was just formatting stuff. I really wasn't designing much. I was just taking stuff that was already made and reformatting it and making sure it printed out correctly. Uh, my boy was in the color department where they actually, like, really made stuff. I mean, they were using, like, a do- uh, I forgot the program that they were using then. But, you know, some wild program to do, like, advertising with. And he had even told me himself, depending on what, type of thing that they were doing or what they were trying to get at with the advertising, there's certain colors that are supposed to be used. And I remember even yes, then I was like, what? He's like, yeah, he's like, depending on what you want, he's like, certain colors will get that emotion going. And I was like, yo, that's insane. He's like, it works. And I'm like, it's hey, you know, like, it's true. like, I remember when I got into magic, I was like, oh, well, I remembered then I was like, oh, I, I see the connection. Like, yeah. <laughs> Well, and if you want to go a step further with that, like, you know, usually, for example, like fast food is usually red, yellow, orange. And then, you know, like you were saying, Raven, like cleanliness is associated with like blue, white, maybe like purple, something like that. And if you go in the chakra system, those are the colors from lowest to highest frequency. Mm-hmm. Right. So food is like a primal, like instinct. Right. Food, sex, yep. like all that stuff. And then, you know, cleanliness, godliness is higher. It's the same in like the chakra system. Mm-hmm. So. You know, it's it's all a, a way of using magic, a, propaganda, whatever, marketing. It's all a form of magic designed to influence you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's around us all the time. If you look at the... If you look at the way that they do marketing and advertising, then you carry it over to television. Television is an amazing thing. Um, you were talking, we were talking earlier about how they add music. They add the score to to, to television. Um, if you watched a movie with absolutely no music in the background, you would be unmoved for the most part. I mean, there could be something tragic on the on the screen, and that might move you emotionally. But they use the the sound, the the frequencies, and the harmonics of that sound. Um, and, and it's in chords. So like if you have a, a chord that goes to a, ma- a major, that will give you an uplifting experience. If you have a chord that drops down to a minor, that will give you a lower uh, resonance. It will give you a lower frequency. It can make you feel moody. It can make you feel sad. Um, if they want you to laugh, it'll be a, a sharp. Um, 
And the reason why they do that is because they know that those particular frequencies, and they they create a response in you that they want to fit with that movie. That's the reason why going to the movies, you know, they call it movie magic. <laughs> um, they don't lie to you. That's the other thing. They, they tell you what they're doing. But if you took the score completely out of a movie and just listened to the, you know, like us talking, um, totally different. you would find that the movie was nothing. I've, said that, I've said that multiple times to people. I, even like not too long ago, I was watching, I don't remember, it was some kind of a horror type movie. And I had even said, I was like, you know, if it's not for the soundtrack, I don't even know if most of this stuff would even get you as, like it does. In scary movies, when I get scared, like the, I turn you'll the need sound that down. soundtrack for those types of movies. Well, I turn the sound down because then I feel it less. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm not well, as affected by the frequency. Yeah. It's giving off. <laughs> now, back to what Teresa said earlier when you talk about your primal instincts, you know, food, sex, fear, mm-hmm. um, and, and happiness, you know, whether it be laughter or, or happiness. They use that music to influence you. So, like, if you're watching a horror flick and they want to scare you, all of a sudden you get dun dun dun, right? Jaws. Um, most famous, <laughs> yeah. Most most famous example I was getting ready to say is Jaws. Da 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 da. Two notes. That's it. Two right? notes. <laughs> it's a villain. Two notes. Or you know, even I something. Can make that something sound. Is Anybody who's ever seen Jaws, yeah. I can make that sound and they'd know. Or even uh, that's that the most funny the example of that. Michael though, Myers. Is, his sound, that sound, you know, just those couple of notes. Oh, that didn't. Yeah, everybody knows like that. Really, that enjoys just a few notes, and everybody already associates that with like horror. Crazy, right? You really think about it. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I can make that sound to just about anybody who's ever seen a shark movie, and they would know exactly what I was doing. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the kind of influence it has on you, right? Uh, you know what? Something I've even noticed recently. Uh, Maybe only because I've been looking for it. It could have been something that's been going on for a while. But like music videos, uh, movies, especially like stuff on Netflix. I even noticed, I hate to admit it, I still do watch The Walking Dead, even though it is finally over with. But even the last two seasons of that, and especially, I mean, we can even go back to paranormal stuff. It's all the time in paranormal shows, which has started to make me wonder now. But even in a lot of things, whenever it gets to like a, a weird or a kind of like horror type of part, I've even noticed besides the music, you're getting a green tinge or glow on stuff. You'll notice it in the background or you'll notice mm. it shining on stuff. But think of paranormal. Whenever they're filming, it's always some green light. What's up with the mm. green light? You know what I'm saying? But like... Even in other shows and movies and stuff, I've been noticing that going along with very weird parts of stuff or more of like an evil, a darker scene. There's always this glow of green being added to it now. Maybe like sickness, like associated, like well, a well, like dis- that in black a, a lot, which I think is kind of going really into Saturn with Saturn and the Maiden. I think you're just seeing mm. both colors used, but I, I do think it has something. I think the color Wait, and the sound all he- hits you, you know. Because, like, again, oh, yeah. well, color the is just movies is, is they use Movies do the same thing that the stage productions do. They use filters in front of the camera to change the tone. So you'll get, like, a uh, gray tone if they want you to feel, like, the misery or the, the heaviness of the situation. They'll make it, like, a gray tone. Yes. They'll add a little touch of, of uh, sienna, you know, the, the brownish red. If they want you to feel something pressuring the, the actors or actresses, it's it's the way that they do it. And, and what, what, are, what are we focusing on here? 
and this is probably the most important part that most people miss. Everything that we've talked about so far, what is the target? Whether you're selling something to somebody or you're trying to influence them by music or movies, you're targeting their emotions. Mm-hmm. I've even noticed so like, myself, uh, even with like... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I've even noticed myself recently with like um, getting more into the video aspect of the show. You know, I finally you know, got, a, got a debit card. Got a credit card from Best Buy and finally went and got a computer. You know, I only had to make payments and I didn't have to fucking dig deep in my pockets all at once. So I finally got a new computer and, like, I'm able to actually, like, do stuff in, like, 4K and, like, you know, actually, like, kind of make professional shit with the program that I have. And actually, I just switched from Sony Vegas to Sony 17 today, 15 to 17, because, like, my computer, like, is actually too good for an older program. Like, I need to get a more updated one. Nice. Yeah, so, like, I'm using that. But, like, I've even noticed myself, I can take shades of colors and, like, filters and throw them over the video. And, like, it will, like, change. Like, it can make it look more detailed, which I was like, how the fuck does this adding a green or a blue fucking midtone all of a sudden yeah. make everybody look fucking more detailed or better? Like, it's just weird. Like it really is. Well, like let me give you wanting to start adding let me colors. Give you guys how it will a, change stuff. Let me give you guys a really good example of how I use color. Have you seen my Instagram posts with the red and the black? Yeah. Gangsta. People just, you know, <laughs> oh, yes. I do that red and black, but I do that red and black on Instagram. I think I said the same thing. And too. I, Gangsta when he sent me that. I get <laughs> hits from people I've never even heard of. They're they're not spot following me anywhere else that I can find and all of a sudden I, I do three of those red and black videos and, and with the cigar, you know, lighting it up in the middle. And all of a sudden, I just get this huge following. Well, why? Back to what I said about the red and black. That is power. Right? Now, mm-hmm. I'm admitting right now, I chose those colors because I like them. But I also knew that if I did that, when people saw it, it would draw their attention. It's in your sigil right now as you're speaking. Yes. Well, I even, um, I've even... I mean, my own, all my stuff is all for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, things in either blue or, or black or the brain. Like, there's nothing in my stuff that is just there because I was just like, I'm bored. I'm throwing this in. No, it actually all means something to me. Exactly. It's all a sigil. Well, you know, it's all talismans. I'm, go, I'm just honest. Schedule. I just say it. I'm telling the truth. Just like plenty yeah. of other shows do it too. They won't admit it. I am, you know. Well, my sigil is actually an antikinrana, okay? The the middle part of it, it's a cube. That's what it is. Like Operation the Warp outside. Speed? <laughs> <laughs> and then the outside the outside of it is an old symbol that comes, comes out of uh, Persia. Um, but if you look at my symbol, it's black and red with a touch of yellow. A little bit of fire, right? Mm-hmm. And that draws people's eyes. Uh choose it that way i started putting it together and that's what i came up with because i wanted to use the two symbols together and the colors just you know i understand it and i do it subconsciously does that make sense Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and once you're once you're aware of this stuff it doesn't affect you the same as everybody else but you start using it on other people without even thinking about it yeah i mean how's that for awful well um so i created this sigil and it, this is the way it came out because I wanted to draw people's attention and I know how to do it. There's another there's example of magic right there, that sigil. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what everybody's got logos for is to draw attention to themselves. 
Well, yeah, exactly. And, and they choose <laughs> them for very specific reasons. Well, it's, it's, to, it's to communicate something about yourself or your brand or whatever yeah. in an instant. Or what you're doing. Exactly. Exactly. Like, and and I, that's the other part of the, the magic. Yeah. Well, they used to. That's the um, other part of the magic. They use color, shape. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I use, I use blue because of where it is up on the tree of life. I mean, it's like higher up. Yeah. It's more of truth, uh, like, you know, uh, abundance of, like, a, you know, perfect utopia kind of. Like, I'm not trying to peddle bullshit. I'm actually trying to help people, believe it or not, and put out my truth, and I'm not trying to fucking lie to people, so I choose blue. You know what I'm saying? I think that's more well, of, like, an me, honest color and closer to God and closer to spirituality going up the tree. Well, you know, for, for tribes, for tribal people, blue and white, blue and white, blue and yellow, yellow and white, those are your spiritual colors. And if you think about the Kabbalah, those are the colors. <clears throat> when you start talking about red and yellow and black, there are war colors for us. And I, I, when you guys, when I got drugged back out of the basement in 2020, I, I knew it was going to be a war. So here we are. That's my sigil. That's the reason why it's the way it is. You're ready. Um, that's that's kind of why I have would, the black too. So that's that's actually interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> the tribal people would see this and they would understand these are war colors. Mm. And it's almost universal. I mean, around the planet, these colors are almost universal. Well, see, like in my um, opinion, when you head over to the left, left, the left, uh, ugh, the left pillar. Jesus Christ, I was going to say sphere, whatever. The left pillar, the black huh. pillar, in my opinion, if you're going up, you're going to war with your conscience and all the bullshit that you've been fed. Or if you're going down, you've just become a slave to, you know, the system. So, you know, my opinion, you have to, unfortunately, go to that dark side and go to war with it and eventually to go either way, in my opinion. So that's why I still incorporate the black, because it is a part of what you have. To, you have to go into the darkness to find the light, in my opinion. So, like, I'm well, just, you know, just and, even and saying the, why I use black on my The state logo. that we're in now... The state that we're in now is we are trying to use their magic against them. That is a war. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it really is. And, and if, I, if I have to come back out and I have to be doing what I'm doing, ex explaining and, and expounding and exposing, then that, that is war. There's no way around it. Um, and people don't think we're in a war. They need to, you know, spend 20 minutes watching TV and then go listen to some of our podcasts. And if you can't see the difference. <laughs> um, so next thing that we talk about with magic, let's, let's go to the other side of the arts and the sciences, television. Now, we've talked about this before, but television and, 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 and our telephones and our computers, this is a different kind. That's science, right? It's all basically the same technology. It's a screen that, that, that creates a uh, electromagnetic field. Even your cell phone does, folks. And what they've done is they figured out a way to take this technology and make it small enough that we can carry it around with us all the time. So that electromagnetic field from our phone is influencing us all the time. If you're sitting in front of the TV or the computer, you're getting the same thing at a higher dose. Mm -hmm. And uh, 72, 72 hertz is the frequency we see at which your brain goes into an uh, alpha, alpha state. So you're hypnotized. So... The reason why your television screens and your computer screens and your original cell phone screens were 72 hertz was to draw you to them and kind of subdue your your conscious thought while you're looking at them. You know, that's and interesting. So says, well, I got 100. It's because real quick, Raven. Well, somebody said they got 144 hertz. And I said, well, that's just double. What they've oh. done is they put a dual signal in there, so you're getting double hypnotized. Oof. That reminds me of the 100 and 
was that 144,000 in the book of Revelation? But even the 72, I find that interesting because I think in the Gateway Project, it was like seven point something or seven point two. Yeah, seven point two two. Yeah, or like something like that between your brain and your heart, you have to sync up into that. And then, like, you can really start experiencing the magic, I guess, you know, and then have me sync the brain. But when you sync the heart and the mind to like seven point two something, that's like starts the magic. Mm -hmm. So I find that interesting how it's like. Basically multiplied by, you know, whatever. Almost the same thing. Well, what they've done is they're, they're trying to replace the spiritual magic with the technical. Hmm? Maybe something heavier weighs on you more. Well, well, and it, it, excuse me, y'all. If somebody see what I said about the burp. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> if you're sitting in front of your television all the time, you're literally hypnotized. That's the, that's the patent. Uh, you know, people can look it up. They don't have to take my word for it. I don't ever want people to believe me. No. But if you're sitting in front of your television, now they are they are getting you with all kinds of things. They're hitting you with neuro-linguistic programming. They're hitting you with the advertising and marketing magic, which is the colors and and the background scenes and everything else that they're giving you. Then they're also hitting you with the science part of it. That's the technology. That's the 72 hertz or 144 hertz. It's the, the way that they flash the screen at you. It's the way that they change camera angles constantly. Mm-hmm. Those are all mathematical processes designed to create magic to influence you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you, you know what I was watching <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. Another person that I met that I, I watch almost religiously, and like you know, him and Tim Pool is more for entertainment. But um, Ghost Adventures, I, I'm just like I'm addicted to watching Zach just act like an idiot, you know. And like mm-hmm. he, and it's amazing how great he sells this horrible acting. I'm just like, yo, he's one of the worst actors and he sells it amazingly. But so I like have to watch his shit. But like I was like watching stuff and I was like, you know, people don't even realize when they're switching all these different camera angles. That's how you're trying to sell this paranormal act. That wasn't paranormal. Because now like yep. what why are you showing like they were trying to show, I think, something falling, like a necklace broke off of this guy and like fell out of his shirt onto the floor. You can plainly almost tell that he just basically, like, dropped it on the floor. But it's funny how, like, they're showing you two different camera angles looking at him. And then all of a sudden it Mm -hmm. shows to it dropping on the floor. Well, what happened in the meantime? You have two, like, it's just obvious that you're playing and editing visual shit to make something seem like it's something that wasn't. Mm -hmm. Like, what happened to the video that you were just showing that wasn't, that didn't have the green hue on it? You know, like the actual real, just a video of it. You know what I'm saying? Like what happened to all those different camera angles that were looking at the dude? You didn't get any of the actual shit from the front of his body. You had to only catch it from the side <laughs> leg. Like you just showed you were recording him with those other cameras. Like it's just silly. If you pay attention. Well, you know, if reality TV is, a, is an amazing magic because it's, there's nothing real about it. Yes. Um, we can go back to the old Survivor series. The old Survivor series, it got leaked and it showed their big buffet over to the side and their medics and everybody that they needed. Well, how can you be suffering and having a Survivor competition if you got a buffet and, and, and rooms to go stay in and medics? <laughs> totally. Um, you know, it's, it's like the Bachelor shows and the Bachelorette shows and all that crap. They say, oh, that's real TV. No, it's not, y'all. It, well, Technically, they're not lying because it is real television, but it's all scripted. There's nothing well, and, real about it. And I'm even, I don't even know if it's that it's always scripted. I think that it's just how it's edited and how they portray it. Like, you could have a conversation with two people on the show, and then, 
manipulate the editing to make it seem like one of them is like the villain, even though like they weren't and everything that they said was completely oh, yeah. taken out of context. Right. So, yeah. Well, and they do the same thing. They do the same thing with like uh, history channel and learning channel when they have the UFO people on or the cryptid people on, they edit it very, very carefully. Yeah. Um, so, so, I mean, the, the whole magic of television is the one that's the worst. I mean, he used to do it with radio too, but I don't know. I um, think I think there's most... one worse, though, Raven. Honestly, social is... <laughs> media I think is the worst. Mm. Can I? Can I tell you well, why? You know, that's a different kind of magic. It's different. Well, I think okay, you can sorry, get the, the, the thing with I think social media. The way you're right with that, I will agree with. In my opinion, you can find much Absolutely. more extremes. Will be not censored as much as if you put on the TV. In my opinion, I mean, you can still find it. But I think, like, on social media, you can find people putting out viewpoints much more extreme than you'll find on the TV, which can... That's true. Well, yeah, so the I TV do think is social more media centralized. Yeah, think, the uh, opinions you'll find on there are more centralized and controlled. I'm, I'm saying... Put it this way. You're not going to turn on the TV and just put on a random channel and get psyoped by QAnon. You have to go on the internet for that. That's true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I do think, though... Okay, so, like, people who use social media the most, let's say... I don't know, whatever age you want to put it at and younger. Okay. So they're the people who mm -hmm. were raised in a media saturated world, raised with like MTV, yep. uh, all the TV shows, the popular culture movies, advertising, just exploding, mm -hmm. all this stuff. So it's like, we learned the language. We learned the language mm -hmm. and internalized it. And now we use it for our own manipulation. Everyone does it. Oh yeah. I used to do it on my Instagram oh, yeah. for my small crochet business. The whole feed is all pastel, all coherent. Everything is, I can, I have an app that I can use to manipulate the photography to make all the colors cooler, mm -hmm. manipulate the reds and the greens to make it all look icy and cold and pretty. And that's magic. Yeah. I used to get like, you know, whatever, how many hundreds of followers per post because people like how it made them feel. Yeah, there's right? even like stuff like even when I, I'll be honest, I mean, I really don't do it too much because unfortunately it's just like, I don't like those color schemes. But like, even when I make my stuff, sometimes whatever program I'm using, it will suggest certain colors to do the text in over this and that to make it all look more appealing and a lot of times mm -hmm. I'm just like, well, I still like my blue, even though it's right. Go. Well, that's like a lot. A lot of people yeah. who do gain a large following on social media. I know it would probably make a feed, difference, but I don't. Do their it. whole feed, if you look at the whole thing as a coherent entity, it's all beautifully curated, and it's yeah. all yep. visually very appealing. And people will follow them because their aesthetic makes them feel a certain way. No different than a brand that spends millions of dollars on an advertising campaign. But now it's in the power of your oh, yeah. palm of your hand to do that. Mm -hmm. that's well, and you know, it's magic. It's magic. <laughs> yeah. It's magic. I mean, mm -hmm. that's the, that's the reason why I wanted to do this with New York and, and with you is because people don't understand how magic works, you know? And once you're aware of these things, you start doing it yourself. Like you were in marketing, you know what you're doing. Um, you might not have ever thought of it as magic, but by, toning them colors down by controlling the way that image is produced and, and the series of images that you, you put out there, mm -hmm. you are using that marketing magic, the colors, the presentation, all of that is an art and you're using the science, you know, the technology we're using in order to sell your product. It's the definition. 
Well, I'll be honest though. Yeah. With with like I was even saying before, how you know I was telling on myself and saying that my logo and all that stuff, all mean stuff. <laughs> it is not to actually sell anything. Believe it or not, my stuff is to make a statement, so then people understand mm-hmm. who are into magic, see my logo, and say, okay, this dude gets it. This dude understands. Oh, yeah. And my logo, I can just make a statement to people who know magic to tell them I understand it too. That's all that could be about. And a lot oh, yeah. of people do that, I think, oh, yeah. too. You know? When I you have see a lot of people who are drawn to my sigil and have no stage. idea what it is. <laughs> there mm-hmm. you go. Yeah. You know, and it's the sigil itself. It's not the colors. It's the sigil itself. They're like, oh, that is so neat. And they have no idea what it is. You know, I say, Anta Conrada and, and tell them to look it up. But, but uh, it, it's just really funny that, uh, you know, th- that symbology. People, subconsciously, you pick it up. And then the other part of magic that I, I probably, because we wanted to talk about the things that are commonly used against folks, right? Mm-hmm. The other part of ma- magic is, is another linguistic trick that they use, and it's called the fallacies of argument. Um, appeal to emotion. That is the number one thing that we see everywhere. It doesn't matter if they're selling you a car, if they're selling you a house, if they're selling you clothes. Mm-hmm. If you're a real good retail salesperson in a store, you know how to appeal to their emotion. Well, you know, that doesn't really look good on me, but I bet it looked fantastic on you. smooth this guy (laughs) Um, yeah yeah I mean you know um, you also have the other thing like with a car would you like to drive this car it will make you look like this or it'll make you feel like this is usually the first thing people are looking for the car and when they're in it when they're looking at it they're not happy but when when they show them driving it they're happy yeah, fast food. The, the kids are, are having a blast. They're having a great time. Everybody's laughing because they're at the place place at the fast food restaurant, right? Um, and a lot of times with those commercials, you'll see them. They're having arguments or they're fussing in the car, and then they stop and eat, and everything's good, right? <laughs> um, it's always that appeal to emotion. Yeah, um, makes you happy. And if they can, and if they can okay. get a base, yeah, if they can get that base need in there, like food, oh, more power to you. Um, but the language is, 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 is the real big thing because they use it all over the place. Um, but the way that they're successful in doing it is they use the fallacies of argument against you because you don't know what they are. I did a whole podcast about the fallacies of argument. And the first one that they always go for is the appeal to emotion. Um, wouldn't you feel terrible if this happened to you? Take our pill. You'll feel better, right? <laughs> Sounds like me, guys. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, hey. But, but, but I'm just saying, you know, uh, well, you know, excuse my language, but I think Robin Williams hit it, hit it on the mark when he said, hey, look, we got a new medicine. It's called fuck it all. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I always I always appeal to the better comedians for for things like that. But I mean, he, he hit it right on the, the mark. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's using language to appeal to emotion. Um, you know, with the thing that's gone around the last two years, oh, won't you feel terrible if grandma gets sick? Come give us a visit and we'll give you a stick, right? <laughs> Isn't the appeal to emotion just the whole basis of woke ideology oh, in general? Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Even exactly. the even, you that's, know, so many even secret society that, like the Frankists even said the human the human you know, humans will be destroyed through emotion. Mm. Crowley exactly. has even said it. I you know, think. It's I one of the first things you have to learn to control if you want to be in control of yourself. Sure. Yeah, I think... You have uh, to learn not to let your emotions get swayed. I think in one of Crowley's Toth deck cards, uh, I think like he even explained that like the vice of it, I forget which one it was. Yeah. The vice of it was like, uh, yeah, it's like okay humanity, humanity being taken advantage of through like sympathy and not empathy. 
Like through emotions, mm-hmm. through emotions, yeah. people. You know, it, it, it's, with. it's okay to be sympathetic. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be frustrated or, or all these things. All these emotions are great. But when somebody else is doing something to trigger that in you, that is a manipulation. That is using magic. Um, the other one that they really like to use is, is the appeal to authority. They'll get, you know, Raven is on TV today because he's a, a expert in whatever, you know? Um, and, and this is what he has to say. Well, they don't tell you that Raven is working for whatever company X and my company is going to make billions of dollars and pay me a bonus. If I can sell it to you, appeal to authority is another really nasty thing that they like to do to people. Uh, we see it all the time, all the yes. time. Um, the last few years especially and appeal to ignorance is another one that they like to use if you don't know they'll tell you um so the the fallacies of argument have actually become a magic that's being used against people all the time um and it goes back to the older magics but it's still the same process um you know (laughs) um and you know now we got now we got real movie ma- magic that's live and and I got I got to talk about this while I'm doing it. Uh, how many people listening to us or YouTube for that matter? I, we haven't had any tone in any. Are we live? Yeah, we're live. Yeah, yeah. We Anywhere? Actually, yeah, we actually have a lot of people watching. Right I can't now. believe we haven't had somebody. No, I haven't I done it. I don't have that. Had somebody so. ask a question. Uh, but, uh, in the yeah. chat, no, I don't think there's any questions right now. No, a lot of comments about what's yeah. going on. But yeah, yeah, commentary. But, sure. but now here's the other thing. How many people listening to us or you two have watched a movie and watched the special effects at the end of the movie? How they, you know, uh, my favorite special effects, I love, Cameron is an awesome movie maker when you're talking about the Lord of the Rings, right? But there were only like 30 people there and all of a sudden you have an army of 10,000 and they filmed it, right? And then uh, they did two separate stages, one big, one small. And they had a scene. I, I just love the scene because they've got uh, they've got uh, Gandalf in one stage, and they've got all the other ones in the other stage. They've un- they've oversized the other stage, and they are actually interacting on camera. So when you see the film, they're in the same room having a conversation, and and uh, Gandalf is ducking underneath the chandelier, and he, and somebody bumps something over, and it's all seamless. What people don't understand is the movie magic today. They can do that live. They can actually have a camera out there and they can have a group of rioters inside of a soundstage having a conflict with police. Mm-hmm. And that camera is out here filming the intersection and they put the two of them together live on television. Yes. Yeah. Now you want to talk about magic. Yeah. It's very, um, very well. A lot of people aren't aware of this. There was something that it was yes, on recently. I can't remember. I don't know if I said it to you, Teresa can't remember what it was. It was something recent where it was like out in the streets, something was going on and they were filming it. But like they showed, um, they showed like a, I guess it was probably a drone with a camera lowering down. But you can tell from that angle that mm-hmm. whatever was being shot was actually being done in between two buildings outside. Yes. So you can see the drone lowering down, but then once, like, if you didn't catch that on a specific, it was something that was on a whole bunch of channels. I forgot what it was already. But if you didn't catch that one part and just caught the rest of it, once it went down into the middle, the way it was set up, and the crazy thing is, is that you can even see that it doesn't look the way it did coming down. They may, It mm-hmm. actually looks like it's inside of a place. 
It doesn't look oh, like yeah. it's outside. It doesn't look like it's in between two buildings. Everything's completely different. Yeah. So, like, what you're watching is actually being filmed outside in between two buildings, but it looks like it's inside of a place. Completely different reality oh, yeah. from what's actually being filmed. Mm. And well, I was and like, yo, what the now. fuck? That's the catch. Yeah, it's that not even pre-recorded, like, news footage or TV footage. It's no. in real time. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah like, so, Jonah and I just it, said, it's the ultimate. The dog. Yeah. It's the ultimate magic. I think it was the, the Christmas. Magic. I think it was the Christmas thing with, um, what the fuck is it, her name that always does Christmas shit now? Mariah Carey? Yeah, I think it was that Mariah well, you know, Carey Christmas thing. I'm going to bring it up. and Part of that, I think, was recorded. If you, you know, I'm going to bring it up, and they can get mad at me if they want. But I happened to have a friend who was in Washington, D.C. on January 6th that night. And they were airing on TV that they were having riots at this intersection. All right? And they weren't. Well, now, when he looked out the window, and he actually put it up, and they took it down off of all the, the sites that I know of. I think it might still be up on BitChute. But when he looked out the window with his camera, there was a cameraman and a reporter there and nothing else, just the cameraman and the reporter. But then he steps back into the hotel room and they're showing that intersection with that reporter and there's riots, police and people are fighting. Oh my God. And then so he goes back out and looks out the window and there's nobody there. So he's seeing it on the cameraman TV and the reporter and in real life. And he's right time. there. Oh my God. That's exactly. such a trip. Wow. And he put it out. He put it out, and they took it off of YouTube. They took it off of. They took it off of a couple of the others. I think it was still up on BitChute. But here's the whole point: he was watching it live, and that was proof positive for me that they were doing it that way, mm-hmm. um, because he could show it the difference between what was actually outside his window at that intersection and what they were showing on TV as a live conflict between police and, and protesters. Wow, okay? I've seen that too, Raven. With um, I don't know whose video it was. Somebody on online somewhere, and it was like New Year's Eve last year, I think, and they were. They were in their condo high up looking over the mm-hmm. skyline of whatever city. But on TV, it was the fireworks show of the same skyline. But oh, it yeah. wasn't really happening. The, the fireworks were just on TV. Oh, yeah. So, like, oh, yeah. same kind I of mean, thing. It's crazy. It, it, what, what people need to understand is, is it's a real time now. It's not just the special mm-hmm. effects roll off of, of your movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably one of the worst. Now, you brought it up, and I'm going to bring it up again. Let's talk about social media and how it's magic. Um, we can communicate with anybody anywhere, anytime if they're online with us live, basically. Um, and you can use that to influence people's emotions. I've, I've seen things that have been put out about Elon. I've seen things that have been put out about doctors. I've seen things that have been put out about individuals that were completely untrue. Mm-hmm. But you were able in real time to influence anybody who saw it emotionally. All right. My favorite ones are the ones that they put out on YouTube now where so-and-so went to this, so-and-so goes to the restaurant and he finds out he dropped his wallet and so-and-so never seen him before paid for his meal. I mean, that's just one of the stories, but they put these stories out to gain sympathy and to gain followers, right? Completely untrue. But you have to be careful because anytime you see an immediate appeal to your emotion, um, whether it be, you know, somebody found it, somebody found a stray dog and they cleaned it all up. And what you find out is, is, they actually dirtied the dog up. The whole thing was filmed that way. But they wanted you they wanted you to think that, you know, they were rescuing dogs. Um, that's one of them that's out there right now. It just pisses me the hell off because I know it's a studio thing. Um, you know, the appeal to emotion is a huge thing, and that's probably the worst. You know, it's all appeal to emotion when you talk about magic, if you really want to influence people. Um, and I just wanted to talk about everyday magic. If you guys want to have another one and we'll talk about some serious magic, we can get into that too. But, um, 
the last one, probably the most common one to talk about is the way that people do things to you that you're not aware of. People walk up to you and say, man, you don't look good today. That's the best. You look tired today. <laughs> man, you, you, yeah. Boy, you look tired today. Or, or man, you don't look good today. Are you okay? Mm. Um, now, somebody says, oh, well, that's innocent. Well, it depends on who's doing it to you. Um, it absolutely depends on who's doing it to you. And, and New York Patriot brought this up in a, in a interview that I did with him for uh, Spiritual Gangsters. Um, people affect you psycho- psychologically, all right? It's it's a whole different kind of – it's not emotion anymore. Oh, man, you don't look good today. Are you feeling good? Man, if you let that stick to you, all of a sudden you don't feel good. Mm. Or, man, you look tired this morning. You all right? If you let that stick with you all day, guess what? By about noontime, look, he's got a buddy joined him. Uh, he's at least, hey, are, are you feeling all right today? See, see? <laughs> the opposite, <laughs> you see his buddy the, the opposite him? is true too, Raven, especially, I don't know if this, uh, yeah, absolutely. this happens to men, but like for women, if someone is like, oh, you look so good today. And it's like, didn't I look good the other days? It's like, then you're like, wait a second. And then you question your whole reality. Can't even win with that. <laughs> That's just maybe how women uh, think. Women are like, fuck. Right? I think it's cool that his buddy come to visit him on camera. But, you know, you have to be careful because people will influence you. Now, there's some people who do it completely innocent, you know. They'll come up and hey, how are you today? You feeling all right? Yeah, I'm fantastic, right? And, And a lot of times you'll throw them off. If you say, yeah, man, I'm fantastic. I'm favored. I'm having an amazing day. They just look at you like you hit them in the head with a brick. Yeah, because you didn't do what they because they weren't expecting that response. Yeah, they didn't do what you thought you would that you would. But then you have then you have the subtle magicians that will come up and do that to you. And what they're trying mm. to do is they're trying to pull energy off of you to make themselves feel better by making you feel worse. Mm. Sounds like a narcissist. Well, yeah, they are. Yeah, I was. Sorry about I that, mean, y'all. I had to light. I had to relight my cigar. But here's the thing. This is a really subtle magic, and it's everyday magic that's used against you. And our people, my people, we call them conjurers. They will conjure on you, all right? Um, they come up behind you, and they just rub your back. Hey, how you doing today? And all of a sudden, your back hurts. You, you see them a couple of days later, and their back doesn't hurt. This is the kind of magic. This is real magic that's used on people all the time, and they have no idea. Um you get a message on your text message from somebody that, you know, you talk to, but you don't talk to. And they say, man, I'm having a terrible day today. How are you doing? They just tried to pass you their terrible day. Yeah. Yeah, I see him shaking his head. Um, That's interesting. These are the subtle magics. These are the subtle magics that are psychological magic. If you can affect someone's psychology, you can make them feel better. You can make them feel worse. And it's not emotion at this point. It's psychological. It's all in the head. Um, oh, if I, yeah. if I called Teresa and said, Hey man, you did a fantastic show the other day. I can't wait to see the next one. She's going to get fired up, ready to do her next show. Right. It's, it's all in the way that you influence people. And, and, and in our interview, I said, you know, you got to be of service to other people. Well, if you really want to change the way things are, you have to use that magic in that way. You walk up to somebody, man, you look fantastic today. Are you having a, you're having a good day, right? You don't ask them if they're having a good day. You tell them they are. You're having a good day, right? And all of a sudden, they're like, wow, you know, I feel better. Let's go. Um, 
it's the subtle ways in which it's used. If you look at the people on television who are telling you, oh, well, you're going to feel terrible, you know, and, and, and this month it's going to break out and you're going to feel terrible. And if you soak all that up, guess what they've just done to you? <laughs> mm. um, no, for real. It's the reason why magical people always keep a bubble up. You know, I talk about meditation and keeping that field around you. Because if you're inside your own field and somebody tries to do that to you, first of all, you're going to know they tried to do it to you. And the second thing, it's not going to have any influence on you. I don't care if you meditate. I don't care if you use positive reinforcement. I get up every day, and I told Teresa this the other day. I get up every day, and the first thing I tell myself is I am favored and prosperous. That means nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing absent from my life that's needed, nor anybody around me. And that's how I start my day every day. Now, that is magic because every day it happens. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Could, could um, that be also known as manifestation? Yeah. Another form I mean, of you know, it, it, when you change the energy that is around you, and we talked about how everything around us is electromagnetic and magnetic fields and energy fields. When you change the energy that you're putting out, you get the difference in the energy that comes back to you. But it's all that way. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're talking about prosperity is in money or prosperity is in your garden growing. Um, Somebody says, oh, yeah, you know, my garden's not doing very good this year. Is, is yours doing all right? Now, if it's legitimate, they're asking you, what are you doing different? But they could be trying to pass off their problems. you you got to be aware of who you're dealing with. Um, you know, uh, with New York having been in, a, in one of these occult groups, I'm sure he ran across people that were doing this to you all the time. Um, oh, they were having a bad time. They come there. in and they pass it off to everybody else next week. They're having a fantastic time. All of a sudden they've made a lot more money or they got a new contract or see, that's the problem with those occult temples. And you can see it spread in a sense too, actually. Exactly. Or other like people um, start like kind of cl clicking together and it's hard to explain, but definitely I know exactly what you mean. Totally. And, and that's the things that that's the kind of magic, the real magic that you have to be most careful of because that guy that comes up and pats you on the back um, and all of a sudden your back starts hurting in the afternoon, if you don't pay attention to who did that to you and shake it off, then the next time he does it to you, he may cripple you and he'll feel fine. Mm -hmm. um, that's the reason why you be careful about who you let inside that field that you have around you. And so he's, Oh, I don't have a field. Yeah, you do. It's six feet generally. You can pull it in tighter. With, you can pull it in tighter when you're with somebody that you're intimate with, or you can spread it out when you're in a in a big area. But it's generally six feet. You got to be careful who's inside that space because if what you let in is what you get. <laughs> mm -hmm. okay. um, totally agree. And that's very basic magic, and it doesn't matter if it's from a movie or from a TV or from a book or from a person. You have to be very very careful about what you let in because you are actually casting it on yourself. That's why they told us six feet apart. And it. Right? So you mm -hmm. couldn't, couldn't influence others with your positive energy. Yeah. They can only influence with the ne negativity from the exactly. TV and the phone and whatever else they were putting out. But you couldn't influence each other. Exactly. Like, I say this all the time, you know, too. Like, I teach Zumba. That's magic on a small scale. You could go into that class feeling like shit. But the harmony from the music the coordination mm -hmm. in the movement, the teacher just pointing and everybody knows what the fuck to do all at the same time. 
and then you come out feeling mm-hmm. better. That's magic. <laughs> right? Yeah. It absolutely well, you is. You, you know? couldn't do that <laughs> um, in the last few years. Wasn't allowed. No. No. Not and so all you were hug. getting were the negative influences. You were getting the negative influences from the television or the cell phone or social media. And something else about the social media magic, you know, the endorphin thing. They knew what they were doing and did it anyway is what one of them said. Those endorphin hits, when you see the little heart or you see that somebody liked one of your posts, that is using your body chemistry to influence you. And they're doing it on purpose. Um. You know, the whole point of doing this show today was to to point out there is magic around you all the time that you're not aware of. You know, that person that goes by and gives you a, hmm, what's Teresa? The evil eye. (laughs) Why would I do? Laugh at that one. No, no, no. I figured the evil eye would get your attention. Oh, Um, I'm listening. You know, the evil eye or or the finger hex. Um, You know, in New York, it's a little bit different finger hex. It goes up underneath the chin, but. (laughs) (laughs) In Italian, they have the malocchio. That's the same thing, the evil eye. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, Those are actually sending energy towards somebody with a purpose. You know, whether to take them off or to tell them off or or to put a hex on them. Um, These things, these common things that people just think are wise tales or. Or, uh, oh, you know, that doesn't happen to me. The um, worst one I can talk about. You guys still with me? There you oh, go. Yeah, yeah. I lost you for a minute. Oh, um, one of the worst ones I can tell you about is like when you go to a, a dinner somewhere, like a company dinner that's a carry-in, um, this is really base magic. Somebody makes a lot of desserts that just taste amazing, right? Mm-hmm. They are like the dessert cook of the crew. Well, what if they spit in every bit of their mix? You'd never know it, would you? (laughs) Now, I don't mean to gross people out, but here's the thing. This is an old magic. You take your blood or you take your spit and you mix it into your desserts. Everybody eats it. So what you're doing is you're drawing their health off of them and giving them your bad health back. That is a very, very basic spell, you all, in real magic. Some Game of Thrones. Well, shit. I have heard of like using, but yeah, I have heard of that actually. In, in magic spells, um, I I know personally somebody who does this. They actually make these wonderful, amazing desserts, and everybody just flocks to them like they're, they're candy, they're desserts. And that person will feel great for six months after the holidays, and everybody else that ate that stuff is sick for the next six months. That's not very nice. Oh. <laughs> But it's the way magic works, you all. It's it's not just the language or comedy. Comedy is magic. Um, maybe that's what drew it to me or drew me to it. Um, but there are real things that people can actually do to you that you're completely unaware of. Um, I use that example not to gross everybody out, but it's when the person was able to actually cast a spell on every single person who ate those desserts and they have no clue. That's crazy. But then that gets me into the idea of consent Raven. So the other person has no idea. Right? Mm. Like in the spiritual well, but, plane, but they don't need your consent pe- for the for the spell exactly. to work. 
Exactly. It's, well, look at television. That's true. If somebody says, well, you sit, you sit in front of the television voluntarily. Yeah. Like, you didn't to me, that would be the you consent. You didn't volunteer to well, be hypnotized. Eat, eating the dessert would be the consent, I guess. I think yeah. also, I, mean, I think once you hand the money over to, I think that just becomes consent in a sense. It's oh, because yeah. now I mean, it's like and that's, work and effort and energy that you have spent, you have given to something. It's almost in a sense, almost idolizing it. In, 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 so I think that kind of, kind of almost covers their ass anyway, in a sense. Well, and the other aspect of, of people working magic against you is to understand that in some point of time, whether you realized it or not, you consented to it, which I'm glad she brought that up. Um, whether through interaction, um, participation, or partaking, you know, um, those people who all volunteered to eat her dessert for free, they, they gave consent. Yeah. Um, if you sit in front of the television and you're willing to be hypnotized and brainwashed, you have given your consent. Um, it's That is the other catch to magic. You have to consent to it. It doesn't matter if you fly overseas to see one of them statues bleed milk. You have given consent for that magic to be used against you. Mm. I'm just pointing that out to folks. No, no. I if you go that. to a, if you go to an evangelical, uh, if you go to an evangelical tent meeting where they're doing healings, I don't care what demons in that tent doing the healing. If you went there, you have consented to that authority to heal you. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is. That's why I think uh, on the third sphere, on the tree of life, coming down, the vice is faith. is because all those things actually would not work if it wasn't for faith. You have faith in exactly. something being true, but you don't know. Faith is not knowing. It's just mm -hmm. a belief. So your faith, you know, faith is unfortunately... Hope for not seen yet. Yeah, it's kind of putting you in that predicament in, a, in, the, in the first part. It, they consider faith a vice, you said? Yeah, because it's not, not knowing. You don't oh. know. Interesting. Yeah. It's a belief. You don't know, though. Well, you know... Not knowing is a vice well, when you I want to be eliminated, to, I guess. <laughs> what I always try to tell people is don't believe or disbelieve me, know or don't know. If you know, that's great. And if you don't know, find out. Because the things that you don't know are what's being used against you. And we have covered a lot of it. In, in a very short period of time. And hopefully we woke some people up. Um, let me give you one last example of how magic's used against you with language. On a newspaper, when a newspaper is laid out, they know that your eyes don't read, true, they truly don't read left to right or right to left. Um, it can be done in almost any language. The hardest ones are the Cyrillics. But in English, it's really easy because your eyes move in a certain pattern when you look at a, at a newsprint, all right? What they do is they set that print up so that the certain words and capital letters are in a certain place. So that when you look at that newspaper, you are getting a message that you don't even see. Now, how's that for magic? Mm. It's all subliminal. Very and they've known this for a very, very long time. Um, it doesn't matter if it's newsprint or magazines or whatever. When you look at those paragraphs, your eyes don't actually read right to left. They actually bounce around inside that paragraph. Um, that's a trick to speed reading, as a matter of fact. Um, but by putting those words where they do inside that text, they can actually influence you without you knowing it. Um, one of their favorites, favorites is, is like uh, they'll line S, E, and X up one above the other, and you will see it even if you don't recognize it. Because it's in three different words, but it's still there. That's, yeah. 
Um, There's even books you know, that I think uh, that occultists have put out that you have to actually look at the structures of the sentences and catch letters to actually like find hidden code. I do believe that's well, and the old grimoires, the old grimoires were written that way on purpose. If you didn't know the pattern, you wouldn't be able to read them. But uh, I wanted to point out, you know, it's not just all the things that they do through your eyes and your what you hear. It's it's uh, there there are other magics out there, and maybe we can do another show. And we'll actually talk about spellcraft, the actual stuff. Um, well, even but I wanted to point writing, out that like one. You're even saying just putting out a book and somebody reading it is magic. <laughs> somebody yes. reading that book. You know? Well, you know, I talked about it. I talked about a, a really neat spell that's been done many, many times to many, many people. Someone will write an occult book and they will put a sigil in the front of it. Right. So let's say Raven was alive in 1850 and I wrote a book and I put a sigil, just my sigil in the front of the book. Every person who read that book and looked at that sigil and every time that they did it, they just gave me power because they had no idea what my sigil was or what it meant, or what it was doing. I, even with books, I mean, if you really think about um, it, somebody's putting something on paper, the person reading it is now making a projection screen of a movie inside their head, off of symbols on yep. a piece of paper that somebody else wrote down. Somebody else is visioning something in their head. It's fucking pretty crazy if you think about it. That somebody's is. able to Well, do you know, that. think about these prosperity people that, that write a book. Um, you got these prosperity people that write a book and tell you how to get wealthy. What did you just do for them when you bought their book? <laughs> Made them wealthy. <laughs> Yo, those exactly. are the best, man. Oh, those that are the is best. some serious spellcraft. You just got to yeah, buy my real. book and you'll figure out how to make all this money that I'm making. Yep. But well, you have to buy another book. People who are, you know, great in their field and then they decide to te- make money by teaching other people how to be great in their field and then make more money by teaching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that is real magic right there. Yeah. Real magic. But now let's, let's take the the more subtle, subtle edition. We've got a lot of people who have come out with occult books over the last 20 years and they have this thing where they want you to, they draw sigils for you to repeat in order to do your spell work. Right. All it takes is one extra line that I put in that sigil. And when you go to do that spell, you're actually adding energy to the spell I originally did. If you, Had if you, you ever like, thought if, about that? If, if you, yeah, I mean, honestly, that type of stuff, in my opinion, is just like somebody kind of like having other people do their spell for them. It's like almost like you're getting That's people exactly to, what you're getting, doing. You're getting see, people to add to an egregore, almost, or create one for you. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Well, what you're doing is, is is a very good example. Okay, Raven Raven wrote a book in 1970, and it was all about how sigils and symbols work, right? And if you use this particular sigil, you can summon, uh, uh, let's say, a wind elemental, right? Let's just take a basic one, summoning a a wind elemental to you. Well, if I put my own little sigil inside of that sigil for my particular spellcraft that I am doing, when you draw it out and you perform that ceremony, your energy is actually coming back to my original spell my original summoning. And there's a lot of them who are doing this now. Um, that's the reason why, you know, it's very important that people understand what magic is and what they're actually doing. Oh, well, I just dabble in it. Well, that's not where you want to be. No, 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 no. You, if you're just dabbling in it, you have no idea what you're bringing into your home, into yourself. 
I mean, I see people doing invocations and they got no idea what the hell they're doing, let alone what they're invoking. People don't even um, know the difference. I'm sorry, my head's busy enough. <laughs> yeah, my head's busy enough. I do not need any company. Thank you very much. <laughs> Mental space is full. Yeah. Already picking but up you know, too many the stations. The thing about it is, is and may, that's where I kind of hope that if we get to do this again, that I kind of oh, hope sure. we go into that part of real magic because um, what I'm doing now is just trying to point out the hazards that are common. You know, you go and you buy a book of sigils because somebody's so good at doing magic, you have no idea what they've put in those sigils that could be working against you, drawing energy and, and health away from you. Um, you have, if you do not know this person personally, you've got no idea what they've just given you to draw and use for your ceremony. Yo, that was like, and, and going that's all, part of, in all honesty, Raven, I, I don't know if I had told you, I know I told a few people when I had even got that letter in the mail about being you know, kicked out of the OTO. The dude who wrote that shit and typed it out didn't even, I guess they didn't even proofread it because they even misspelled stuff. But uh, the person who typed it out or whatever even drew their, like, sigil on there. Like, they have a sigil for themselves. Uh-huh. They get that high up. And I was like, yo, I, at first I was yep. like, oh, I'm keeping this shit. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that is. I don't know if that, that meant to him. I mean, I could look at it and try to decipher myself what it means to me, but doesn't mean I'm right. It depends on what that means to that person. So I threw that shit out just because I was exactly. like, I have no fucking idea what that is. For all I know, that could just be like, oh, let's fuck with, you know, it could be to fuck with me if I kept it. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. So I tossed that out. So, yeah. But, it, you know, and, like you were saying before, and I, I would, I just want to <coughs> add, I think some of the stuff you were mentioning before, and I think kind of where we're going with this is something I would like to cover with you, like, because you mentioned maybe coming back on. This all kind of falls into psychological warfare, I think, as well. And I think that that can be huge. Absolutely. And yeah. so, like, I would like to talk about that uh, at another time, for sure. Because I think we're kind of headed that way with the stuff we're talking about, in a sense, anyway. Well, you know, the thing about it is, is when you start using other people's, uh, whatever you want to call it, other people's ceremonies and rituals, and especially when you start trying to imitate what they're using, um, you know, you draw it out line for line, you have no idea what they've put in there. You know, it goes back to what I was saying when we were talking on spiritual gangsters. What if I drew a sigil that I intended to uh, have a a gin come and harass the shit out of you the rest of your life? So my spell gets all the power that I want because you're using my sigil that I drew for you. But at this time, I'm psychologically torturing you with a demon. (laughs) And you know what? And and then if if you don't mind, because there are people like that out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raven, if you don't mind, I am uh, probably going to have to wrap it up now. But uh, I, I did want to even just add in real oh, quick yeah. to something that you were right. just seeing. But I, I'm trying to warn people. They, they just don't pay attention. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wanted to add because I think, I think you're making a really good point with this. I even think me magic is it goes on like that. People drop mm-hmm. stuff. It's neither total propaganda. There's certain things in there, numerical value, sigils, whatever. There's something in there. People copy it and paste it and put it back up without any thought, without checking anything and whatever. And it just starts getting passed on and passed on and passed on. And it becomes its own thought, egregore. Mm -hmm. I mean, that shit, I think, happens all the time. I hate to say it, especially in the conspiracy community. For real. It's like loaded. Well, and we also see it. We also see it in the social media platforms. Yes. 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 Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Raven, thank you so much for coming on. I'm sorry that I have to cut it short. I'd like to keep going, but I do actually. Oh no, have, no, man! I'm glad guest we, in like we, 20, we had a, something. We had a good time. Yeah, hell yeah! Thank you both. And for I hope the hell on. this help. I hope the hell this helps somebody. No, I <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I want to have you back on again. So I mean, I'm, I'm sure you know the live did well. Oh, I do have real quick, real quick, one quick question. Hey, does Raven know if it is true that the banks connected to the FDIC are protected by sigil magic? I mean, I would assume their logo probably means something. The banks always had a seal. Yeah. In the old days, the banks always had a seal, and it was their individual seal. Um, It was an adaptation of the family that had the bank. Mm -hmm. Now, today, if you look at the Federal Reserve System, their seal is actually a sigil. Now, would you call that magic? I would. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a good point. A lot of that does go back to uh, seals, family seals, or crests. It's like a remake of that. And I think Mm -hmm. all of those are all all, all making uh, statements on something. They all mean something. Well, I mean, look at the Apple sigil. Look at the sigil that Apple uses. That is a sigil. Um, (laughs) I said uh, that on one of our episodes. Any of these companies... You know, they say, yeah, I mean, it, they say it's a logo, but if you look at the way they're made and the symbology of it, those are sigils. Yeah. They're designed to, one, pull power towards them, and B, to influence people. Um, and you look at the companies that have the best sigils inside their logos, those are the ones that have just went gangbusters over the last 30 years. Well, look at mm-hmm. Nike. It's all about Saturn, and that motherfucker's raking in tons of money. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, you know, the, the ones that, the ones that were, the ones that were with, with advertisers that understood the occult and the esoteric, those are the companies that have been around for 50 years, a hundred years. Um, basically because they understand, they understand the power of the sigil that they're using and they don't, they don't think for a minute they didn't do it on purpose. Yep. <laughs> totally. I totally agree. Oh, uh, Raven, but, would you like to let everybody know? I don't know if, uh, I may have forgotten at the beginning, or maybe you did mention it. Could you just Lisa let everybody know where they can find your stuff as well, besides the countless shows you've been on with me? <laughs> well, I always tell everybody, if you really want to get into the esoteric and occult, best place to find me is this sigil right here on YouTube, Raven Kiever. I have so much stuff in that playlist that it would take you years to catch up. Um, and then you can find me, uh, uh, let's see, how is it? It's Raven Kiefer at uh, Instagram and it's no apologies enough said at, uh, I don't know. I got it backwards. It's Raven Kiefer AD, um, or NA. See, I'm having a day guys. It's Raven <laughs> Kiefer at, uh, at Twitter. And then it's, uh, no apologies enough said on Instagram. And my homepage is always going to be the same. They haven't edited me ever. Um, I'm, my homepage is at Spreaker.com, but you can find me almost all the repeater sites now. Very nice. I do think I have. Uh, I think I have your Spreaker well, and your Instagram and your Twitter. It's podcast addicts and Spotify and Deezer. I didn't even know Deezer existed. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you, if you have a favorite place to go catch podcasts, you'll likely be able to find me. Just type in Raven Kiefer and look for the sigil. There you go. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate you coming on, uh, Teresa. Would you like to plug uh, your show that I co-host with you as well, real quick? Yes, so please come check us out on the Spiritual Gangsters as well. Actually, this week, our episode with Raven did drop. So if you want to hear all about, you know, Raven's story, please come listen to that episode because it is a great one. 
Um, so yeah, people can find that on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, all the major podcast places, and they can find me on Instagram just at my name at Teresa.Kassar. Sounds good. And yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure the links, well, the link for that show is in my show notes anyway, regardless in my own uh, link tree. Uh, Ravens is down there. Um, I do want to stress real quick if people are listening uh, still uh, and they haven't signed <laughs> off the live yet, we have an element server. Check out the element server. Uh, there is plenty of amazing people in there. There's plenty of other shows, other podcasts. There is uh, channels and groups for all sorts of stuff. We still have the Twin Peaks watch party going on. I think we're going to be wrapping up season two this week, possibly. Uh, so just you know, check it out. You oh, don't hey, you don't need hey, an New app. York, yes. New York. Before we before we close out, yes, sir. Before we close out, everybody who likes comedy, I have to do it early. So it's going to be 6 p.m. on New Year's Eve. I'm going live, and I will make fun of what you tell me to on Instagram. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to have to check that out. Awesome. All right. Um, I'm going to let everybody chime in on Instagram. You tell me what you want me to make fun of, and it's going to be strictly improv, yo. That's what's up, man. That's good. (laughs) Nice. So definitely check that out as well. Uh, say that again. New Year's Eve, six p.m. Your time? Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go six p.m. My time on uh, it's Eastern Daylight U.S. Y'all, but I'm gonna go six p.m. My time on uh, New Year's Eve, and and I'm gonna try to do a couple hours just improv, whatever you want me to make fun of. Please don't say pregnant women. That got me slapped the first time I did that. <laughs> oh, shit. Awesome, man. So, yeah, everybody check that out. Uh, all the links are in the bottom. Again, if you're uh, this is your first time listening, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you got something out of it. If you enjoyed the guest, uh, go through the episodes. I have had him on plenty of other times. Hit that sub button. Pass this on for the returning listeners. That's what's up. Thank you all again for listening to our mouths for another hour and a half. Uh, and until the next one, everybody <laughs> be well. Later. <laughs>